And we also look forward to every week uh, being joined by Brent Hubbs of AllQuest.com. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screens from Design to Installation. They got you covered. Brent, how are you? I'm doing good, Jimmy. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we're doing fantastic. I uh, do want to ask you about one of Tennessee's most recent commitments, wide receiver Cam Miller. How big of a pickup do you think that was? Well, I think it's important for a couple of reasons. One, I, I think he's a guy with talent. I, I like his frame, Jimmy. I, I've said this a couple of different times on, on our podcast that we've done. I, I've been to his high school, and, and I'm not trying to be critical of it. They don't have the greatest facilities. They don't have the biggest weight rooms. They don't have a lot of the things that you see um, at some other schools in the city of Memphis, certainly not what they have at some places in Nashville and, and other states. So I, I want to see what he does when he gets into some legitimate training uh, year-round, nutrition and all of those types of things. I, I think that um, he will lean up a little bit. I think he'll get a little bit faster and quicker and uh, be an even more effective player. But I think he can play outside. I think he can play inside. And I think his frame is his biggest asset. I also think this, too, Jimmy, when, when you come out and you talk about Tennessee takeover and you stand at your opening press conference and you talk about, you know, winning in the state of Tennessee, and uh, he didn't say putting a fence around it, but certainly taking care of the state of Tennessee and, and, and recruiting, you, you got to go win some in-state battles. And, and um, this is an important in-state battle to win, in, in my opinion. And uh, Tennessee needs to sign – several players from the state. They're not going to have as good of a year in the state as um, I think anybody would have hoped when you talk about this class overall, but you got to win every battle you can get, and getting Cam Miller I think was a big win. It's always difficult to project how much better a player is going to get, but Brent, based on what you said and maybe the lack of facilities at Cam Miller's high school, this sounds like a guy that's got the potential to be much better in college. Well, yeah, I like his upside. I, I do. I, I like his upside a lot, Jimmy, but because of what what we're talking about. I, I think he can. I, I don't think he's he's maxed out. Okay, sometimes you get a, a player, and I I think this is kind of what you're you're, you're talking about. You, you get a yes. player, and, and he's really good as a senior in high school, but he's kind of tapped out, right? I mean, there's there's not a whole lot mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot more room for growth and development, and and I don't think that's the case at all with with Cam Miller from a physical standpoint. I, I think he is going to get better. Um, I, I like his personality, having spent some time with him. Um, I like the way he carries himself and goes about his business. I think from a culture standpoint, he's a really good fit. You know, his dad's his high school coach. He's a veteran coach, um, you know, when, and has been in the Memphis area for a long time, coaching at a small high school now. Um, his dad's his personal track coach in the high jump and, uh, they have a really good relationship. His dad was very involved in the recruiting process, and I think his dad was very comfortable with Josh Heupel, um, and I think Cam hit it off really well with Cody Burns, and um, I think that, that you know the whole family is comfortable with the way things are moving and the direction things are going at Tennessee. So, again, I, I think it's a good pickup, and I'm with you. I think his best football is definitely ahead of if you want to join us, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. Brent, do you view Mo Clipper in a similar sort of way that, you know, that maybe there's some more development that can be made there at Tennessee? Well, I think anytime with an offensive lineman, Vince, you're always looking at, at more development. Um, you know, you, you just don't have – and now there's more now than there used to be, but you don't have a ton of guys who come in 
really ready to go as a as a freshman. And I, I think Mo does not. He's not a project from a phys- physical standpoint. He's not going to have to come in and put on twenty five or thirty pounds or anything like that. I mean, he has the size. Um, I, I think, in fact, he could probably dro- afford to drop a little weight. I think that'll be something they talk to him about. Uh, when he gets here. If there's one thing on Mo, I think you want to see Mo be a little more aggressive, maybe be a little more nasty. Um, he plays hard. It's not that. But I think you, you want to see him maybe drive some guys through the whistle a little bit more and, and get a little bit more of an edge about him when you watch him on tape. I've not seen him play in person. Uh, I know in talking to him, he, he's a super uh, kind of relaxed, nice guy. Um, you know, I, I think you, you'd want a little bit more of a nasty disposition, and, and I think that's something that he can develop and, and will need to develop in college. But, again, here, here's a guy that um, had an Alabama offer early, Auburn, Virginia Tech, um, Louisville, some other schools, and Tennessee just really, really did a nice job with him and his family uh, on the official visit up here. Mo came up for an unofficial visit uh, for the spring game, uh, I guess it was – or the um, – just a spring game or that open practice, one or the other in the spring, and got a chance to see Tennessee from the stands, but had not really interacted with him and then came up on his official visit. And uh, Tennessee just really wowed. The whole Tennessee program really wowed Mo and his family and made him feel very comfortable up here. When, when you talk to Mo after the Tennessee visit, you had, a, you had a feeling that Tennessee was in a really good spot with Mo Clipper because of the way that visit went. <laughs> And, Brett, just to catch up with your opinion on another one of the commits from last week, Squirrel White, uh, give us your thoughts on that speedy wide receiver from Alabama. Well, you said it best. And, and when I got started in this business in 94, the, the, the one thing David Cutcliffe, who I've got a ton of respect for, told me, and, Jimmy, I know you've heard this a million times, speed never had a bad day. Yep. And um, Squirrel White can run. And, and I think that's where it starts with him. And, uh, I think he can play the slot inside spot if he wants to, if you want him to play there. I think he can play outside. And, again, you just can't teach that kind of speed. He's got terrific speed. And um, here's a guy that camped really well at Alabama. Um, you know, the, the difference with Alabama is, you know, they've got a kid in California, I think a kid up in the eastern seaboard, and, and a kid in Florida that – you know, are all rated higher and, and are probably more polished than Squirrel White is right now, and they don't have room for Squirrel White. Uh, but they like Squirrel White, uh, and they like the upside for Squirrel White when, when they had him at camp because he was impressive down there. And, and obviously, here's another guy who came in and impressed Tennessee. And uh, I think if you talk to Alex Golish and you talk to Jais Heupel and you sit down and say, what are you looking for to receiver first and foremost, they're always going to come back to speed over height, weight, and all those things. And Squirrel White hits that measurable uh, through the you know out of the park because he can run. Our guest Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com. Brent, uh, Tennessee went from not being in Walter Nolan's top eight to being in their top five. Talk about the ground that Tennessee made up with Walter Nolan. Well, getting him on visit, to get him on campus twice for unofficial visits, including with his parents, I think was a big part of that, Jimmy. I, I think. Getting, uh, you know, Walter getting in front of the staff and spending some time with his staff, I think, is a big reason that is, is a big reason why they got his attention. Uh, Rodney Garner has worked that family and has worked Nolan, uh, Walter really hard and has continued to have very frank and very real conversations with him. And I, and I think that's something that, that, that Walter Nolan and, and, and his family have probably appreciated the most 
is you know that this this there's not a whole lot of sugar coating going on. Um, I think because they were behind, Tennessee was behind. I, I think Coach Garner just kind of laid it all out on the table and was very frank with what you know he felt like Walter needed and and what was why Tennessee was a good fit for him and why it would work for him at Tennessee and talked about people he had developed through the years, obviously in in the long time in the SEC and you know development on and off the field and i think a lot of those things got tennessee's got his attention with tennessee and has them in the top five i still think they're trailing jimmy i I don't think that they are you know necessarily out front Uh, i think it's still going to be an an upset in my opinion if they land walter nolan but they went from not being a factor at all uh to to, you know to being in the hunt and um, he's been on campus twice I think they can get him back for an official visit maybe in the fall because it doesn't look like he's going to do anything right now. There was some thought he might do something in August. I'm not sure he's going to. If he, you know, if he waits and Tennessee can get him in on an official visit, then who knows what happens there. But um, obviously they've made up a lot of ground, and I think part of it is because of some real frank conversations they had with him and his family on campus. Do you think is Nolan going to move to Knoxville? I've heard rumors. Yeah, that, well, that's the plan. Now, he's not, yeah. to my knowledge, he's not anywhere yet, but that has been the plan is that he was going to end up in Knoxville. And I know Catholic High School has been talked about. Powell High School has been talked about. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're not, I don't think he's here and, and, and working out with anybody right now, but that may be taking place as we speak. But my anticipation for him, and I've not talked to him in the last couple of weeks but my anticipation based on everybody i've spoken with said that he is going to be playing we're going to be playing football in east tennessee this fall does that increase his tennessee's chances of getting him well it can't hurt i mean because you know that why not go over and watch tennessee play every saturday after you play a home game on friday night uh it's a lot easier to get to neyland stadium if you're living in knoxville tennessee than it is to to get to baton rouge right uh or, or to get to uh, some other place, Alabama or, or, or some other place, not that you can't get there on a Saturday morning, but it's a lot more convenient to drive 20 minutes, you know, from wherever you're living and get to Neyland Stadium that way. So what you would hope would be that it would open up an opportunity for him to be around the program more in an unofficial capacity, come over for a practice, you know, go to games, that type of thing. And if that's the case, you know, it can't hurt because it would enhance Tennessee's relationships, you know, with him and, and help continue to grow those relationships. Our guest, Brent Hubs of BallQuest.com, his appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screens. From design to installation, they got you covered. If you have a question or comment for Brent, give us a call, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. Let's go to Steve. Steve, you're on with Brent Hubs. Hello. Hey, Steve. Hi. Hey, uh, Brent, uh, I heard that the uh, offensive lineman from Detroit uh, admitted to us a while back that he'd been named most valuable players at a couple of camps. You know if that is true? Uh, I think I think he had it a couple. I don't put a, a ton of stock in in that, and that's not. I think he's a good player. Okay, I, I like right, to right. pick up a lot, Steve. So I'm not trying to knock that. The one thing you, that you have to be careful about with that is. You don't know what the competition was like at the camp. You don't know how many players were at that camp. Um, you, you know, so I think sometimes, you know, you don't get – you got to be careful not to get caught up in too much of that stuff. But um, I, I, I do like him as a player. I like his size. He looks the part, okay? Let, let me say that. I've not watched him in, 
you know, I, that's a hard position for me to even evaluate anyway. But when you see him, he looks the way an SEC, uh, an SEC lineman is supposed to look. I, I really like his, his physical makeup for sure. Right. I got one more question. The uh, tight end right over from Cincinnati committed to us months back. Talk about him a little bit. Do you think he's somebody's a good, good, a pretty darn good prospect down the road? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, that, again, I think one of the things that jumps out about him that Tennessee like is they like his size. They like his combination of, of athletic ability speed to go with the with the size. That, that, that position, sometimes you find a guy – who can really run, who's really good in seven-on-seven seven stuff and, and, you know, is make all the acrobatic catches. But you look at them, then they're not enough, they're not big enough to be an inline tight end. You know, they're, they're more of just a wide receiver who is a little bit too big to play wide receiver, so he, he plays tight end on his team. But Brody Foley's six, probably six five, six five and a half. Those 235 pounds right now. So he's going to be big enough that he can flex out and, and, and cause some matchup issues in, in, as a receiving tight end. But at the same time, too, he's going to be able to slide in and play in line as a blocking tight end. And remember this, too, for the tight end position. When you want to play as fast as Josh Heupel wants to play, Jimmy, you can't have a running tight end who's a blocker and then a pass-catching tight end because you don't want to substitute a lot of times. So. What yeah. you want to do is you want a guy who's got enough versatility. He can put his hand in the ground, in line, and block in the run game if he needs to. Um, he can also flex out and, and play, you know, as a big receiver in the passing game. Or you can even use him as an H-back. For example, if it's second and ten and you get nine yards on second down and it's third and one, they want to go fast. But you may need that tight end to block in the run game there. That guy's got to be able to do both. And I think that's one of the things that was very appealing to them um, about Brody Foley when, when you look at him and, and you look at his physical makeup. Brent, switching gears a little bit, Kennedy Chandler was a point guard on the under-19 national team that went to Latvia and won a gold medal. How much do you think that experience will help him as a freshman point guard at Tennessee? Well, Jimmy, I think it helps because, you know, there's – there's some pressure representing your country, right? I mean, you, you know, you, this is not a this is not a a pickup game in the summertime, okay? I mean, you're you're there to win the gold medal for your country, and so I think there's a little bit of pressure that comes with that, and I think that's not a bad thing for a young player to to get a handle on because, you know, when you play even against great competition, but you're playing summer leagues and. Um, AAU stuff, you know, winning the championships not as important as putting on a good show for yourself so you can get more attention in recruiting, okay? That's what a lot of summer basketball is about. So to be in that kind of competitive environment, I think is, I think is good for Kennedy Chandler. I think it helps. There's probably, and Rob said this in our podcast, there's probably been some pickup games that Kennedy Chandler's played in Memphis against some of the Grizzly players that have probably been better competition, but they're not keeping score the same way, right? There's no pressure to to win and, and, and no pressure to hold up to a standard of, of representing your country and living up to the expectation that you're supposed to win that medal. And um, so I think it was a good experience for him. Thankfully, he's not hurt after a scary incident there where yeah. it looked like it might have been a serious injury, but it's not. Uh, and so I, I think it's good for him to get that kind of experience because he's getting ready to face a lot of pressure, pressure in the SEC, 
pressure from his head coach to be the point guard. Rick Barnes is not an easy easy guy to play point for. And uh, Kennedy Chandler is going to be given the ball from day one. And uh, so I, I think it was a good experience for him, Jimmy, and I think it's something he can benefit from this fall. What did Chandler say? Coach Barnes has been on my tail every day. <laughs> yes, and will be, and will be until – uh, Kennedy Chandler stops answering Rick Barnes's phone call, even after yeah. he's a pro. Um, I mean, that's just the reality of it. And, and, and but, but you know what? Kennedy Chandler knew that, and that's what attracted yeah. Tennessee or attracted Kennedy Chandler to Tennessee. He wanted Rick Barnes to push him. He wanted to be coached hard. And so um, there'll be days where it'll be really tough, but there are going to be more days where it's going to be fun for Kennedy Chandler. And it's going to really help him develop, which is what he wanted when in, in deciding to come to Tennessee. Our guest, Brent Hubs of VolQuest.com, his appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screens from Design to Installation. They got you covered. There's only one word to describe this, Vince. Pandemonium. <laughs> Pandemonium. That'll be used tomorrow as well. We'll say it again tomorrow. That's right. And we mean it. Yep. So, yeah, a lot of folks here registering, got a lot of qualifiers here, and we're going to have a winner that will be announced in the 6 o'clock hour. Our guest, Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com, is appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screens. To join us, 656-9900-1-866-656-9900. Let's go to the phones where Roger is our next caller. Hello, Roger. Well, hey, 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 Jimmy and Vince. How y'all doing? Good. How you doing, Roger? Good, Roger. They're fine. They get to talk to y'all. Hey, Brent, buddy. Hey, 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 Brent. I'm doing great, Roger. Hope you're well, buddy. Yeah, they're, they're fine. Hey, I just wanted to ask you, Brent, about recruiting. Um, I was curious about you, but I hope you can tell me not. Um, you can probably know about, more about over. I just want to ask you about recruiting. I heard, I heard that John Hopper behind him on recruiting-wise against a lot of players. I just want to ask you, I just want to ask you Brent, how far is Tennessee from getting uh, – how far how, – how far is how far is Josh Hopper behind? Uh, for getting some, how far behind? How far behind is is Josh Hopper from for getting uh, behind on recruiting wise for getting a lot of, a lot of, a lot of players from catching up and stuff behind easy. Well, I mean, I, I think there's a couple things. One, he's behind in this class because uh, he comes from Central Florida, and a lot of the players that they're recruiting now they weren't recruiting at Central Florida. They did not recruit. The state of Tennessee very hard uh, when they were in Orlando, and uh, they're in some areas where they haven't recruited before, but uh, because of where they are geographically. So that's one thing. Uh, two, he got here in um, you know mid January, couldn't go on the road recruiting, still hasn't been able to go on the road recruiting, um, and his staff hasn't been able to go out and evaluate guys. So it's been try to get as many as you can on campus, and I think they did a nice job with that. But they probably did a better job getting 23s and 24s, guys in the class of 23 and 24, than, than they did, you know, guys in the class of 22. Because a lot of those class of 22 guys were taking official visits. They weren't coming to camps and they weren't coming to work out. So uh, I think that all of that is got Josh Heifel playing catch up in the class of 22. And the NCAA, the pending NCAA stuff is working against them a little bit as well. So, um, you know, I think there's all, you're always behind when you have a transition at the coaching position. And um, I think it's probably magnified a little bit both because nobody could go out in the spring and evaluate and then throw on top of that. you got a never-ending NCAA investigation, seemingly. And, um, you know, putting that to bed as soon as they can would not be a bad thing for Tennessee in recruiting at all. 
Brent, you were talking about the tight ends under Josh Heupel's offense that they're going to need to be able to stay on the field and do whatever is needed of them in that situation. Who do you think is the best candidate among the tight ends to be able to execute two ways and do whatever they need? Well, I mean, I think when you look at it, you know, if Austin Pope can stay healthy, but we've never really seen him being a, be a pass-catching tight end, uh, but he did that at CAK. You know, he, he caught a ton of balls in high school, so he's got good hands. It's just a matter of him, you know, staying healthy. Does the back hold up? Uh, Princeton Fan is a guy who I think can play H-back. I think he can play tight end. I think he can flex out. I think he's probably as versatile as anybody, um, you know, and, and is a guy who seems to have found a home at that position. Um, you know, Miles Campbell is a guy that um, I think has really soft hands. He, he's probably not as fast, you know, as a guy like Fant, but I think he's got good size. And I think that's a guy who's gotten physically better. One of the reasons his stock went up in recruiting as a senior is because he could play in line at tight end and, and was more physical. So I still think he's got to grow there, but I, I like the upside of Miles Campbell. But as for right now, I, I think you would probably look at the two veterans, Austin Pope uh, and, and Princeton Fant. Now, some people are going to ask about Jacob Warren. And I think the question with Jacob Warren is, is he heavy enough in the seat to hold up as a blocking guy in line? And um, I think that's something we'll uh, learn more about as, as he works in this offense uh, this fall. There'll be times they substitute tight ends. I don't want to imply that they're not. And they, there'll be some specialty packages where they do some things and make some substitutions. But there will also be times in the speed-up game where they'll want to be able to play a tight end inside and outside, on the line and flexed out. And you're looking for guys in recruiting moving forward, and you want some guys on your current roster to be able to do that to help you with your hurry-up offense. Brent, as far as uh, the tight end situation that they were talking about, you you mentioned a tight end that they have that's coming in. Do you think that is a, a big priority with this staff, tight ends? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a part of, you know, what uh, Alex Golish wants to do. I think if you look at his time at Iowa State, um, the tight ends were a big factor and a big part of things. You know, Heupel has had, you know, some times where he's been success. You know, he's really used the tight end, but he's had the type of weapon that he wants there and can be successful with it. And if he doesn't have the type of weapon there, then he puts an extra receiver on the field. And, and that's kind of been – the story of Tennessee's offense for the last, what, Jimmy, 35 years, something like that. I mean, if, if they've got yeah. a guy, if they got a guy who can be a weapon at tight end, then they're going to play the tight end. But if they don't have a guy that they think can really be a weapon for them um, beyond, you know, beyond being a blocker, then, then they've just through the years, you know, going back to the early 80s when, when they brought some of the spread stuff in back then, they just played extra wide receiver. And so yeah. I think Heupel's a little more flexible there. I think Golish is a guy who's probably used the tight end a little bit more uh, consistently in his other stops, and, and we'll see how they use it moving forward. I mean, I, I do think they want that to be a part of their, of their you know, weapon, but I don't think it's going to be a situation where, you know, it's, a tight end is going to catch 40 or 50 balls in this offense. I could be wrong, but I, I'd be a little surprised if somebody, you know, unless it was an All-American type player, I, I don't know that that just – they're going to throw it to the tight end that many times. I think they targeted the tight end like 21 times a year ago, something like that. I can see them targeting a tight end, you know, in this offense as much as they're going to throw it 
you know, 30 times, 35 times, but I don't know that you're going to see a tight end catch, you know, 50, 60 balls in this offense. Yeah. Our guest, Brent Hubbs of AllQuest.com, is appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screens, and he joins us on the Stanley Fencing Gates Hotline. Let's go to the phones where Bill is our next caller. Hello, Bill. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, Brent, a couple of questions. Do you think Tennessee or Heifel is looking to take maybe only 20 uh, this time and holding those scholarships uh, for the investigation? And, and secondly, what area would you say that the Vols have less good coaching, not recruiting, but coaching this year versus last year's team? And I'll hang up and listen. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. Uh, you know, that last question is really hard to answer. Um, because I've not seen this staff work. Um, I've not seen what they do from a player development. Now, I, let me say this. I mean, they have reputations, right? Um, I know enough about Willie Martinez and Rodney Garner covering this league and having covered both of those coaches when they were here before that I know what, I know what those guys do from a development standpoint. I think both of those guys are really good coaches and, and really good developers of, of talent. Um, but, you know, it's not fair for me to judge, you know, the rest of those those guys until, you know, I see them work. I mean, for Cody Burns, this is his first real uh, power five job. Um, you know, he's in a new offense. I'm not saying he can't coach, but, I mean, I've never seen him work, and I've never seen how much guys improve. I mean, they had 15 practices in the spring. You can't pass judgment on that in, in any way, you know, shape or form, in, in my opinion. And, you know, um, so it's hard for me to answer that question. As for his first question, I don't think they'll hold scholarships. I think they will use their, their 25. I think whenever Tennessee announces a self-imposed penalty, I think they would announce, announce a self-imposed penalty on the 85 number of scholarships, not on the initial of 25. Uh, and I don't, I mean, I don't think Tennessee is going to be uh, up against the 85 number now unless they give some walk-ons, some scholarships. So, uh, I think if they're going to do if they're going to do a self-imposed scholarship reduction, I think it'll be against the 85 number, Jimmy, not the initial number of 25. Yeah, and this may sound a little bit harsh, but it's hard for me to see Tennessee going three and seven last year and say they were well coached in any area. Right? No, I would agree with that. Huh? I mean, no, I, would, I mean, I would agree with that. Listen, I mean, Jim Cheney was paid, uh, you know, one point what five six million dollars. To, to make an offense go and to fix quarterback problems, and, and it didn't happen. Um, you know, whether he was the, quote, quarterback's coach or not the quarterback's coach, he did not get production out of that position, which he's always been able to do wherever he's been, and, and that's a part of why they went, you know, three and seven. You know, no, no, doubt, no doubt about that. And, um, you know, they certainly struggled in defending the middle of the field against the pass. Was that scheme? Um, you know, was that Derek Ansley's scheme compared to Kevin Shears? I don't think there was a big difference in scheme because it was Jeremy Pruitt's defense. Um, you know, but they, they, they clearly struggled at the linebacker position a year ago. Um, and, and they struggled, you know, I thought they struggled in the secondary a year ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Jimmy, when you go three and seven, you can't look at that team at the end of last year and say, boy, they're well coached. You know, that was a well coached team. Also can't look at that, that staff from a year ago and say, Boy, they had 10 bad coaches. Because I think Jim Chaney's not a bad coach. I think he's got a resume to suggest other, you know, that he is a good coach. Right. Jeremy Pruitt's been a successful coach. And that's why I think it's hard to pass judgment uh, with these new 10 guys in because you haven't seen them work with this roster. You haven't seen them work with this schedule and, and see how they develop. 
again, I, I know more about Willie Martinez and Rodney Garner having covered them in the past and having followed their work in this conference because they both coached in this conference a long time. Brim, what's going on with VolQuest? Uh, we've got plenty of recruiting coverage. Um, it, Rob Lewis is in the middle of our opponent preview breakdowns. Today was Florida. Uh, we've got our mailbag podcast up today. We'll have the war room tomorrow. Uh, we've got opponent previews throughout the weekend. We've got some more recruiting coverage coming up with some updates on some kids who have been in town or were in town in June that we're, we're trying to catch up with. And obviously we're continuing to follow some of these other guys out here as July has been a pretty busy month in terms of making news. We'll see if Tennessee makes any more um, in the coming you know, days and weeks. And, of course, we go to SEC Media Days on Tuesday, and then, I mean, two and a half weeks from the start of fall camp or something like that. So we're, we're almost wow. to the finish line of the summer and uh, about into the, into the middle of it in terms of getting ready for football season. It's around the corner. Hey, Brent, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brent. All right, thanks. Appreciate it, guys. That's Brent Hubbs. He's on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screens. From design to installation, they've got you covered.